So okay, yeah. is my microphone working? No, it's definitely not working. Hey, both the microphones are working. Both the microphones? Getting tabled. Getting tabled. Getting tabled. Getting tabled. Getting tabled. Getting tabled. With the Bruce and the Yang. Hello, future people, and you're listening to episode six of Getting Table with your host, the Brew. Hey, that would be me. And of course, I am George, the Yank. I'm so waiting for somebody to turn around at some point and um, take offense to the fact that we're referring to you as the Yank without realizing the actual connotations of where it came from. Well, a lot of the people that have listened to us in the past, you know, they know the reference of why we call you the Bruce. So I would hope they could extrapolate and wonder why I'm the Yank. Yeah, I would like to think so. Uh, so reasonably busy, busy week. Um, oh, God. Uh, <laughs> I, uh, I finished my uh, my workbench finally and shared it out. And uh, good Lord, did, uh, especially the Age of Sigmar group, uh, yeah, people, people, uh, Re, uh, received it uh, quite uh, openly as far as uh, being very cool and awesome. So I do appreciate that. Yeah, people seem to like the HTF and white look quite a lot. So I will say where to go. Um, where's my favorite comment? Ah, it says, looks great. Where's the TV? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I like that one too. But now that you've actually had a chance to sit down and use it for a bit, is there any particular part that you like more than the rest or anything more like the display cases or whatever that you've thought this is even more useful than I thought it was. So uh, if you go and look at the picture of it, Bruce, so there's the six uh, long skinny drawers over to the right. Yeah. So I could have gotten away with three of those and gone with six of the, uh, the, the square ones that you see on the very far left. I could have gone with more of those, but there's a huge, but there. Uh, there's a dividers that came with the the long flat shelves, and only two of the uh, two of those drawers have those dividers in it. So I had all these divider bits just laying around, and I thought, what am I going to do with these? I don't want to just toss them out. And then I got to looking at them. So I put them together and then doubled them up so it's they're twice as thick, and I stuck them in the large work in progress case that has the plexiglass front, and so I now have twenty little pockets to stick minis on bases on in those little pockets to increase the storage of the work in progress case. I hadn't even noticed that. That's nice. I don't know if I got a good picture of it. And I was like, Oh, I got to tell Bruce about this. And then I think I forgot to tell you about it, but yeah. So I, it almost looks like it's a reflection of something. And I think that's why it's not so obvious. Well, yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a polycarbonate plastic. So with the light and whatnot, it's what you're seeing as a reflection of the long flat shelves in the, in the plexiglass. Yeah, no, that, that's a nice touch. So, and because of this, I've started working on the, the Iron Wolf Nightmore, and so now I have a little pocket for each shoulder pad, each foot, and stuff like that, so I make sure they stay on the correct side and stuff like that. So, nice. yeah, it's, uh, I, I, I feel very pleased with my, my moment of brilliance of, hey! <laughs> for anyone that's been listening for a while and not picked up on where these pieces are coming from, hobbyzone.pl that's p for peter l for larry they're not a sponsor they're not a nothing they may not even know we exist 
Uh, it just happens to be where George has ordered it from. Uh, and there was several people that asked across all of the groups. So just again, well, for anyone I'm... that missed the link. Hobbyzone.pl if you're in Europe because it's Europe, you know, it's it's reasonable going from country to country in Europe. In the US, there is hobbyworld.usa uh, or something like that, hobbyworld USA. They sell some of the stuff, but then there's a hobbyzone.biz, Bravo India Zulu. It's a it's the American side of the of the hobby zone. So ordering from the hobbyzone.pl, you from from the US you have to have a certain amount of weight in order for them to actually ship the order which means you have to drop you know 3 400 bucks to have them ship to you or if you order from the hobbyzone.biz you can order like three sections at a time and slowly build it and not assault your wallet the way games workshop does yeah and if you live in Australia you're just out of luck yeah look I did find a eBay seller recently that resells a very tiny part of the range, and I do mean tiny. It's pretty much the um, like the painting trays um, and the paint racks, and I think that was literally it. Um, but it doesn't. The issue is, is that if I wanted to order that stuff, and quite frankly, I would love to. It costs me more than double in postage than it does to buy the product. It's insane, um, which I, I'm guessing is just the weight of the product. But in yeah, saying that, it's, that it's part of the CNC world is not cut, normally uh, expensive for us. Not normally. It's CNC cut uh, MDF, so it's it's quite heavy. Yeah, being MDF and not just um, MDF or something would be where most of the weight comes from. And so, talk about it a little more briefly. So, each each kit comes with magnets, uh, two for the top, two for the bottom, two for each side. So, you have to be very careful when you're putting magnets in. And then, every, it all just sticks together uh, without having to permanently affix it together. So, uh, if you're looking at something, looking at, you know, increased storage, highly recommend it. Um the paint storage, it works great sitting on top like that. You know, it's it, it it's a good use of space. There are, just by looking, there are better paint rack storage options out there, which hindsight being 2020, maybe I should have gotten one of those so I could store more paint because uh, I, I have quite a bit of GW paint and I don't have enough actual storage rack space for it. But I'm also moving in the, the more of the, the scale 75 and green stuff world and Vallejo airbrush, you know, dropper style. So that's why I got that's more storage like that. Get some more dropper bottles, empty ones, and move your other paints across. Like, I seriously, don't want just don't. I, I may do that with contrast as I get more contrast because we'll talk about that in hobby time. But the regular paint pots, if if it's in there, I'm not going to screw with it. I'm not going to mess with it. it. I don't want to deal with that that's mess. Right. No, it's not actually that difficult to do, to be honest. Um... And there's endless sources that show you how to do it if you can't figure out how to pour one bottle into another. Um, but th yeah, it's for the Australian listeners that we do have, if you're wanting to find somewhere that has a range of hobby desk organizers, back to basics, uh, which I've just linked in the Discord, by the way, George. 
Um, th- they have a limited range of the racks and stuff, and it is all um, ma- you can all magnetize them together and everything. But they don't really have the diverse range that Hobby Zone does, and there's not really anybody in the country that does. Um, I, I, I think it's a new a new market niche. You know, it's like oh, very you know, much so. We, we we've got this explosion of MDF, you know, terrain, which is which which is just exploding. There's more and more people making it. There's more people doing Kickstarters. I saw one that they're doing a fantasy based one for those of us who play Sigmar. Which look for MDF terrain for a fantasy scenario. Little to none of it out there. So the fact that you know people are increasing, you know, their reach and what they're doing. I think it's only just a matter of time before we see more of these MDF companies because, okay, Hobby Zone does do the CNC cutting. You could probably do it with laser cutting. I will say the Hobby Zone stuff, it's a quarter inch thick. Approximately, I don't know. It what is the quite thick, is yeah. It, it, it's a very robust. So, like, for the paint racks, the regular laser cut MDF, that'd be great. For something like, you know, the storage drawers and something like that, yeah, you probably do want, a little th- want it to have be a little thicker. But I think we haven't you know the demand hasn't quite gotten there and i think as hobby zone there's something that uh uh buddy of mine don uh linked out one uh, several months ago i think it's a spanish company uh doing an mdf you know hobby desk furniture thing i think you know in a few more months i think we're going to see more and more companies trying to do the stuff so maybe australia will get lucky and maybe a local source you know you know, guy in a shed will start, you know, pumping some of the stuff stuff out for uh, hobbyists in the yeah. Australia. There's there's companies that do paint racks in different styles uh, and so forth, but not really anything quite as diverse as this. And I know Knights of Dice have been designing some stuff for their own personal spaces, but they're not selling it. Uh, but I also know that Knights of Dice have been asked by a few of their customers to let them buy it. So it's possible that maybe some of that might be coming at some stage. Uh, I'd have to have a closer look at it for myself to know if it's what I'm looking for. But, yeah, it's just, yeah. It's it's definitely a niche um, because there's a lot of people that look at this sort of stuff and kind of go, yeah, but it's already in a box. What's wrong with it? Um, but as our hobby is diversifying, there are some people that just don't want a messy desk um there's enough of that in our hobby as it is um some people just want to be able to work without having to move everything all the time so but each to their own uh it's something i desperately want to do but i have to work on my actual space first um because my space is the bigger issue here I, i i will say this once you have a setup to where everything has its place it's easier to keep the workspace clean and neat so you have a space to work when everything has its space to be stored in instead of sitting there after it's been used so yeah yeah definitely um the other thing we had uh chris from the drop zone commander community uh just had a nice compliment he was listening to us while he was doing some painting which is nice uh he'd been working on some phr and some scourge and was trying to decide which one he was going to stick with. I suggested both, like a real hobbyist, uh, because you can always have more. Um, but, yeah, it, look, we want to get more comments, more people to interact with. Um, please, by all means, if you're enjoying the content, 
interact with us. Um, let us talk to you. Um, we're really loving the opportunity to do that. But for now, I believe there might be some news. I believe there's some news. Newly received or noteworthy information, especially about recent or important events. It still makes me giggle on the inside. <laughs> so, uh, Battle for Earth is officially out. Uh, it's been out for two weeks. What, a week and a half, two weeks. It was coming out like the day that we recorded from memory. So, yeah, it's been two weeks. Uh, yeah, it's been two weeks. Yeah. So, I've received my book now. Uh, I know that you haven't, uh, unless uh, it's changed. I, I have not actually purchased one uh, due to uh, yes. other real life issues like uh, f- finishing the hobby desk and all that. <clears throat> the the stuff still isn't cheap, regardless of the fact I found a U.S. shipper. So, <laughs> no, that's fair. Um, and that was probably a higher priority at that point too. Um, the book, it's three hundred and four, three hundred and something pages. Um, it's the heaviest book, rules wise, that doesn't have a hard copy, co- yeah, hard cover that I've had in quite a while. It's got some decent heft to it. Which doesn't surprise me, but you just, I don't know, when it's a soft cover, you don't really expect it to be heavy, if that makes sense. In defense of the book, it does have two game systems in it, so. Oh, yes, I'm not complaining about the fact that it's a big book. But in saying that, TT Combat have stated a couple of things. They've confirmed that there will be a mini rule book coming with just the Drop Zone Commander stuff, uh, because there's been people asking for one that's just that without all the fluff. Um, and they have also stated that it's going to be a living rulebook document. Uh, they reference Space James because there's a few typing errors that slip through the cracks and stuff. Uh, and of course, Space James is a callback to the Drop Fleet game. It was Traffic James. Uh, Traffic James, was it? Yeah, you're right, it was. Sorry. Uh, they made a reference to him anyway. Um, but the new, the mini rulebook when it comes out will have the corrections and um, the online, they're referring to them as apps, but to me, an app is something that gets on your mobile phone as opposed to a section of a website. Um, but the apps will be updated with um, version numbers and stuff so that you know that you're looking at the most recent of whatever you're looking at. So it's good, positive stuff. I know that I haven't really played with the app myself, the, the um, Army Builder. I haven't played with it yet. I've heard that it's a little bit finicky and still needs some work at the moment, which is fine. It's only just been released. Um, have you had a chance to play with it at all? I have not. Uh, all of my computer playtime has been work-related. And so when you work on a computer all day, what's the last thing you want to do when you go home from Relax and have fun. No? No, work, work on a computer. <laughs> ah, right. Um, and... So yeah. So based on what I've seen people talking about, uh, there's been a lot of excitement, especially on the, the Drop Zone side of the community, because Drop Zone didn't get so much love for so long because Drop Fleet came out, and Drop Fleet was getting all the love. And so there's a lot of excitement on the Drop Zone side because it's new, it's shiny. They finally got something. And you know, dro- not to say Drop Fleet didn't get anything, because, I mean, you know, now we have a one-stop resource uh, for, you know, all the new ships that we were having to go th- go for online, which I was mildly disappointed in because I was talking to one of the few players left in town where I live that still plays Drop Fleet, 
he hadn't looked at any of the the dreadnought rules and i was just like oh you gotta oh they're not here anymore so yeah but but i will i will i will say you know i i think it's great for the game especially drop zone specifically because it, it's been so long since it's had anything and it's just gotten a huge thing so it's good it's good for the game and it's it's good for the community and hopefully a, you know a little bit of a reinvigoration happens and you know it, 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 yeah. it becomes bigger again like in recent the last couple of years it's kind of been drip fed things here and there like they had those like the neutral enemy creatures type things where they could just randomly attack anyone or something i haven't really played i've only had a couple of games but like random creatures that could attack either or that maybe it's part of the scenario where you're supposed to take them out or something and um but this is yeah the first significant development and that was by design because they were working on version two anyway um and they couldn't just release all these rules that were about to be completely rewritten so i understand why they weren't doing too much but it's good that drop zone can kind of come back in to itself again yeah for sure um i i, I mean if i can i i may try to get a book um I, I i hope tt combat can move not to say there's something to be said about a, a physical copy of a book of just being able to flip through it super quick and finding stuff but yeah, I'm I have a feeling a you're going where I want to go. I, I I also like having the digital PDF of a book that is on yeah. my iPad. So I literally carry my one iPad and I have every single book I need. So I could take two Sigmar armies and one 40k army for a day of gaming at the store. And I just take the iPad and I have all of my stuff there. I have my army builder. I have all my rules all there in one device yep i purchased a tablet for this exact reason uh i love my physical books and although i'm not buying as many of them as i used to uh there is still certain game systems where i want them uh this being one of them um malifaux is likely to be another um but just because i travel on a motorbike for those that don't know and it, it's a it's a weight and a damage that i don't really need in with my models um but lewis if you guys are going to move in that direction there's lots of resources that you can get access to that means are, that you don't have to deal with the digital side of the sales too are, are um, you talking to lewis or louis because despite them being it's slow, lewis that listens from memory it's lewis that listens and then louis that you know is the other one so just, i just want to because i remember we got called out on that one time by them <laughs> Yeah, no, it, it's it's Lewis that I'm I'm referring to, uh, but look, we will, well, I will happily give you money. I, I will give you money. Just let me buy it, please. And, and and also, I will say this: you make one digital copy, and then you make copies of it, and you just have the the copies protected, and you sell them at yeah. you know a 25 percent discount. You're still making yeah, money. You put them on drive through or RPG using... or something like that, so it can't get ripped off. Yeah, and, and you're making money off of nothing physical. Just saying. They're, they're making money off something that real. I mean, you'd have to go through and add bookmarks and stuff to it, probably, but realistically, you're making money on almost no work. Um, it just makes sense to me. Um, diversify the income, it's only going to help the business. And reduce the resources you need. That too. You know, 
the the paper to make the books that that paper does cost money the ink that costs money the binding that costs money the the shipping cost of of the uh the actual physical book itself that costs your customer money a digital copy buy it download you have it done i still have two copies of the rule book here i think because somebody hasn't picked up their stuff yet uh, you have my address, right, Bruce? <laughs> <laughs> yes, but then I don't think the guy would be very happy. He just have to come uh, to my house. Moving on from TT Combat, though. Yes, moving on. Forty K Apocalypse is here. Ah, oh, yes, Apocalypse. <laughs> Bruce put down uh, Armageddon here. Apocalypse Armageddon. Same thing. It, it, it's Apocalypse, though. Uh, thoughts on the detachment boxes? Uh. I personally like them because Games Workshop for the longest time they didn't do this. So they just here buy this box. It's actually the same price as buying all the other models. They just realize, hey, you know what? If we can, you know, we do, you know, put all the stuff together and then mark it down, we sell more of this. So, um, especially if it's kids that they're not selling many of. Right, right. So, um, will I get one? Uh, if I could swing it, I probably definitely want to get a Space Marine one to, you know, quickly, you know, flush out the Dark Angels army that is hasn't started except for half of a Shadow Spear box. Um, and then part of me wants... This is one thing I hate about this hobby is I want to do a Necron army, but I will say this. If I do a Necron army, I will have that thing painted in a month because Necrons are stupid easy, especially with Contrast now. Yeah. And oh, yeah, Tyranids. I, I think with the contrast and, and some of the experimentation, which I'll talk about, um, you could do and plus it, it's bugs. It's it's Starship Troopers. You know that's what Space Marines and Tyranids are. That's it, what it is. I mean, yeah, big <laughs> time. I, I, they may try to hide it, but it is true. So uh, are are these the uh, detachment boxes? Are these what was making you think about getting back into the 40k universe? I wasn't looking at getting back into 40k. No, I, no. Yeah, well, I saw you um, say something. Oh no, kill team! You're talking about doing a kill team first and then expanding from there. Expanding from there. The, basically, me and my mate Tom had been discussing this uh, kill team for quite a while uh, because, as I've mentioned before, I'm building a crew to kill team that has now expanded into a Katachan kill team as well. Because I've always liked the Katachans; they just look cool. Um, and after talking for a bit, he got me thinking, he's like, you know what? There's part of me that wants to try getting back in, but I'm not saying that I'm back in yet. Um, if I do, I'm about 90% sure I know which direction I'm going in, which for people that know me will probably not be surprising and maybe a slightly disappointing to hear because it will involve Blood Angels. I'm Okay, I was going to say... Bruce, I was going to say, if you say Tau, the podcast would be called Game Tabled with the Yanks, and we would I would just cut ties with you. No. See, I've always loved the Kroot. I originally brought Tau back before they were powered in previous editions only because I wanted to play with Kroot. I actually, I don't, it's not that I don't like the Tau models, but the way that Tau plays irritates me. I don't like playing like that. Um, but in saying that, it would be Blood Angels and Imperial Guard um, that I would likely go in. I would probably do the Loyal 32 uh, with Blood Angels, and and I would just add things here and there 
so that I could diversify the list. I definitely would want to. I would, I would run a race for sure, but yeah. I really don't know at this point. I don't know enough about the current editions to know what works and what doesn't. I know that Blood Angels are considered like really good at the moment, and that Astra Militarum is as well, or as I said, Imperial Guard. Um, I, well, I really well, don't know at this point, and there's way too many other things that's more important than 40k. As, as far I, as I will I'm tell concerned. you this, Bruce. If, if you're wanting to do a Space Marine army, you'll be doing a Space Marine army purely for the fact that you enjoy the army, the, 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 the chapter history and that stuff. The, 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 if you want to do tournaments or anything like that, don't look at them because since the Space Marines have the same core, they can't make too many changes because then you get the Codex creep, you know, serious issue and stuff like that. So things like the Tyranid and the Imperial Guard, and the, the more, you know, this one army, they tend to have the more neat stuff because it's just the one army. It's not 15 chapters in one army kind of thing. So, yeah. Um, Blood Angels are their own entity um, as well, though. A- apparently, from the research I've been doing, Blood Angels actually have some bite again. And this is the first time in three editions where they had some bite. Uh, I'm sorry, they were not powerful in six. Stop arguing. They weren't. They got defeated by everybody. Um, they had they had strong characters, but they were not a powerful army. Yeah, but I mean, seventh edition, Space Wolves were better in melee than Blood Angels, and Blood Angels were supposed to be a melee chap. That's because they got nerfed. Like they they were already a weak army and they got weaker in seventh edition. That's one of the reasons I stopped playing because it just there was no fun involved anymore. Um, I, I, it wasn't just because it was all weak, but I, I it was also that that happened exactly the same time as the infamous tourna- tournament that we'd happened. It lit that release was on that week, and so I was saying goodbye to the previous edition, and the new one came out, and I had it in my hand, and I was like, "There's no reason to play anymore because there's nothing on worth. There's nothing worth putting on the table," and there wasn't. There was nothing worth putting on the table. I had thousands of dollars of Blood Angels that. There was no point playing a game with. Now, now I will say this though, you know, these boxes they do appeal to me on a completely different level, especially with having you know, you know, my son who I'm I'm trying to get into the games and stuff. Yeah, is if I could get like you know, two marine, you know, a, a marine, a chaos, you know, a necron, you know, and, and just have those those boxes set aside, you know, put them together, paint them, and all that stuff. And it's just like, hey, what army do you want to play? We pull them out and play with them. Just yeah, that little detachment, you know, and not buying, you and know, it's a rather, six units of this. Have, and, yeah, if you have just, like, if you had just a Space Marine army, let's go Tyranids. If you had just a Tyranid army and it was okay and it's like, oh, we want to play some Apocalypse, but I really need some more stuff. You could buy a box of monsters and you're playing Apocalypse. And they're not that expensive, really. Um, and you're getting it. I mean, you're not getting a huge discount, but it's it's fairly decent as far as G-Dub's concerned. They don't often do you're, many. You're you're getting at least uh, what two units for free, essentially, almost something like that. Yeah. Um, I would say that the um, Primera Space Marine one, to me, feels a little lackluster. Um, because it feels very generic. It's not really a focused box like the other ones are. 
However, that's because the Primaris are still very generic at this point. Yes, and they don't actually have a box or a start collecting thing either. This is the first one they've had. Yeah, well, no, second one. What was the first start collecting one? Um, it was a, it was like a, you know, one of the eighty-five dollar ones. It had like the jump pack guys, a couple interceptors, uh, some hell blasters, and a. They, they were all easy to build. They were the the colored plastic, so you didn't have Ooh. to paint them. And yeah, uh, guy I play with, uh, he he got one of those because they were they were a good price and they were Primaris. So yeah, that's fair. Um, but I I think they're doing well on this. I mean. I've never, and I said this previously as well. I've never really enjoyed a game of Arm of Apocalypse. Uh, I get what the enjoyment factor is for most people, but it's just when I've played it in the past, it's never really done anything for me because it's just been a bigger game of 40k. So well, why didn't I just play 40k? Um, the thing that's changing with this this release is that they apparently are designing it so that it's not just another game of 40k. They're actually changing some stuff so that it feels different. So that that's something I'm excited to see. Um, obviously, I'm not going to be playing it because I don't have any 40k models, but I'm interested to see how it goes. I, I, I will tell you why Apocalypse is awesome. and th This is my personal opinion. You're not getting together with one buddy to play a game. You're getting together with five to seven other buddies to play a game. And because different armies do different things and time constraints and stuff like that, there's going to be the 15, 20 minutes where you can stand around and BS with a couple of buddies while your other buddies are moving their army. And then you do their stuff and then they can BS. And, you know, it, it, it's, it, it's like a, a club meeting, but you're playing a game instead. Yeah, that's fair. We, we did it. Oh, for and, and it lasts all day. So, <laughs> yeah, quite literally. Apart from if you're me, because I got tabled off the get, I got kicked off the table in like the first hour ish. By Australian dice, as everybody else. No, I just didn't have as my army at that point was still very small, so there wasn't as much to take out. Ah, okay. Uh, yeah. Do we want anything next from Forty K? Um, I want. Uh, I want. I want more Primarchs for uh the Astartes. We got robot and that's it. Yeah. Um Robot Girly Man was awesome, but um I would like to see someone, whether it's the lion, I don't I really don't think it's gonna be the lion. I'm sorry. I, I really don't think that's the direction they're going to go. Uh I think Lehman is more likely. Um I know that there's a section of the community that want Sanguinius. But I really feel like that would destroy the narrative and take away the meaningful part of the character by bringing him back. Um, for well, me, well, I, I, I want to see I, them redo some of the really old stuff. I, I want to see them redo the avatar of the bloody hand god. I want to see them redo the catachance because as much as from that age, it's still the best kit they put out at that time. The arms don't fit the models properly. None of those arms fit the models properly. Uh, I want to see them redo. I want to see a proper codex for the Catachance as their own entity again. There's no reason why they shouldn't have one. None at all. Well, as I mentioned, I'm, I'm starting a Dark Angels army. You know, not, not too crazy. You know, it's going to be about like my Space Wolves. Not too crazy. 
so I want to see the lion and the wolf come back so that I can do a friendly game with 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 a with a friend with dark angels and space wolves and do the stratagem the lion and the wolf and then ask my friend would it be okay if the actual lion and the wolf were the the receiving of the the effects from the lion and the wolf stratagem yeah that would make sense okay and then next on the list bruce has found a kickstarter this is a kickstarter i've actually backed oh it's a oh it's like a, a monster wrestling kind of thing almost yeah no? pretty much it's like it's like arena fighting um okay. so it's for two to four Ooh, players i like it's really that fast more. 30 to 40 minutes and there's no dice which means it's going to suit me very well because what the that... wall dice ha- what the wall dice hate uh they the hate bruce. bruce yes apart from d10s d10s seem to like me which we'll talk more about later so this is very interesting so h- how familiar are you with a uh, uh tcg you know like magic the gathering and stuff like that yeah there is one that i play but it's not magic the gathering okay well so i'm looking at the kickstarter first of all i love the minis on this that dwarf i want that dwarf just so i could put him into an actual dwarf army if the scale is right it doesn't look like it is because circular base is 45 millimeters so it'd be a giant dwarf (laughs) you know that these these things are big um but I just scrolled down and I looked at the uh, the cards associated with the game, and I'd be really interested to see uh, who's doing the design, because some of the emblems and the artwork mimics that exactly of the World of Warcraft card game that was out ooh, a decade ago. Oh, okay, interesting. I think that they're a French company. I know that they do have people elsewhere, but they're mainly a French company. Uh, this has been done by the same people that brought the Joan of Arc tabletop game last year. It's being delivered now. They did the Solomon Kane one semi-recently and Reich Busters, which is like a pulp, like, um, like think the Predator, but killing Nazis and monsters. Um, so it, they actually have some background in this sort of area. Um and this is yeah, this is a, a an arena battle type thing, uh, very much along the lines of the Judgment game for people that have seen or played that before. Uh, it has a very similar feel, but the mechanics are very different. So the one thing uh, I'm liking about I'm reading this. So pledge fifty bucks for the U.S. Yep, or, or fifty U.S. dollars. Ships anywhere in the world, you get the core box, all unlocked rewards, and game trays, exclusive box layout. So stuff to carry the, the minis in and stuff like that. Uh, and then for $90 US, you get the, the, the Master Wizard box, which is the core box, all unlocked rewards, the game trays, the Neo kit, the sleeve kit, and Force of Nature expansion. Um, and, yeah. and, and looking at this, this is looking like it, it's, a, it's a board game. That has minis. Yeah, pretty much. They're designing it as a board game for minis. And unlike their previous games, this one's actually going to hit retail as well. Uh, it's not just Kickstarter exclusive. Although there is exclusives in it, but um, it's more I, just alternate types. I may have to get on board with this one. I am on board with this. I've gone for the Master Wizard one just so that I can get everything at a really cheap price. Um, I just thought it was worth looking at. This campaign has, at time of recording, done... Yeah, that, that's the other thing I was going to mention, yeah. They had a $30,000 yeah. goal. 
thirty. They had a thirty thousand dollar goal. They're currently at three hundred and fifteen, two hundred and forty nine US dollars. They've done that in four days. This uh, is no, a seven day campaign. Oh god, it's oh. So I have to go now. Crab cakes. Keep in, okay. Uh, keep in mind, you've got the seven days after the thing to actually pay for your thing if it doesn't. If you don't have enough money yet. Ah, uh, yeah. Um. Ah. Oh. I mean, the the minis look beautiful. It's just, yeah. Uh, I mean, and, and the, the way they're detailed, I mean, you wouldn't have to paint them. But then if you did paint them, yeah. Um, if, because things are tight, obviously, um, the other option would be to pledge at the $1 level and then add stuff later when the pledge manager comes out. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, yeah. Uh, ooh, yeah, God, this looks so good. Yeah, it looks like a lot of fun. Obviously, you guys can't see what we're looking at. Uh, the game is called Super Fantasy Brawl on Kickstarter. By the time this podcast goes live, assuming we don't have more technical issues like we did last time, you should we'll still have a data pledge. Issues. You should still have a data pledge and have a look at it. Um, it's very cartoony, over-the-top type look. Um, it, it, it's very fluffy. It, it's kind. Of, it's quite nice. I, I would say the, the animation style is very that of, like I said, the World of Warcraft uh, trading card game. Um, there's something else I can't quite my, put my finger on um, that it looks like. It, it feels fluffy, but without going chibi, if that makes sense. Yeah, no, like there's an animated, an animated thing. Oh, oh, okay, okay. It, it looks like a very... Um, it looks like it reminds me of Kung Fu Panda type animation, but Ooh, up and actually, yes, yeah, actually, yeah, I'll, I'll agree with you on that. Because if you look at the 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 thing, you know, the badger looking thing with the hood and stuff like that, yeah, that like guy could him. totally be in a Kung Fu Panda movie, no problem. Uh, the 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 tiger thing, I mean, that already looks kind of like you know the tiger from. They look great. Um, I'm I'm gonna have to see what I can do to get up on this because yeah, you're welcome. Um, we also no, got news this not. week of the hinted at Infinity Dungeon Crawler is incoming. We've seen some 3D sculpts of the minis that will be coming with that, and that will be coming to Kickstarter this year. Uh, we don't have dates at this point. I want to say this is Corvus Belli's first Kickstarter. I could be wrong. But oh, I don't amazing. think they themselves have done one. I know there was someone that did a role-play game on their behalf, but I think this is Corbus Belli's first actual Kickstarter. So it's going to be interesting to see what they do. Um, th there's been a lot of people interested in an Infinity Dungeon Crawler. Um, I would be very keen on that idea, but I already have a lot of Infinity stuff that never comes out of storage. So we will see. Yeah, I I don't even do Infinity because I have a, a Warm Hordes army that hasn't seen the light of day in almost three years. Yeah, that happens. Um, and the other thing I wanted to bring up was Malifaux's third edition is finally here. After all of the talk and all of the waiting, third edition for Malifaux is here, and the full rulebook and cards were leaked two days early by. Wait for it. Weird themselves. They just went, oh, oops, here's the, the... Like, they did it on purpose, but 
they just kind of played it off like, oh, oops, looks like we've accidentally leaked it. Oh, well, here you go. Well, so you they've know, just fully put you know it out what? there. It builds, and... it builds hype. Build type? What? Builds hype. Build type. Builds oh, hype. Yes. Hype. Yep, yep, yep. I get you. Are you having trouble comprehending the English language? You thought I said secretly when I said securely earlier. Well, it's not my fault that you type things in ways that don't make sense. Also, it was two o'clock in the morning. So what do you expect? It was not two o'clock in the morning. It was like nine o'clock in the morning. Was that this morning, not last night? It was this morning. Maybe it was last oh. night. I don't know. I'm Who pretty knows? sure it was last night. Anyway, um, so yeah, Weird themselves have revealed the full rule book. You can download it for free on their website. Uh, they've also revealed all of the stat cards for the characters, including the Dead Men one, because there's actually armies that, and single tear rolling down my cheek, are gone. Because I wanted to play with Kalodi. I built and painted him, and it's still arguably one of my proudest things I've ever painted myself. And I never actually had a chance to play with him because I was playing with everything else first, and now I never can. So I'm having a sookie moment. Um, but I can play with him because I've actually done rules for it, which is good. Um, am I excited? Uh, no, I'm completely bored by this entirely. Of course I'm excited. Uh, I've been waiting for this for quite a while. Um, it hasn't hit Australia yet as far as the physical product is concerned, uh, but it is expected to hit July. I want to say mid-July. It could be late. It depends. Um, but, yeah, so if you are one of these people that don't want to buy physical books, you can obtain it properly. If you would like to support Weird and actually pay for it, it will be going on to, I want to say, drive through RPG. I could be wrong. Um, next week, I believe. They didn't say what day, but it will be next week. Um, I haven't looked at the app yet. I don't know if the app has been updated. Um, otherwise, if you want a physical copy of the book, uh, it should be in US stores already, um, or you can order it from them directly if your store doesn't cover it. They are a US company, so it should be available in the US before everyone else. And what a, uh, holy crap, what a uh, uh, episode we're having, because we're uh, 45 minutes in, just finishing the news. <laughs> yeah, so last week I touched on the idea of having a discussion around toxic gaming environments we're going to skip that this week and wait for some more incoming thoughts uh and we will get on to hobby time and game talk bruce has build, been building a, a, a kill team i have been i have been building up my crew. And a secret second force that I've already kind of ruined because I realized I kind of talked about that earlier. <laughs> um, I've built up my crew. Everything is built at this point. Uh, I also went out and bought crew hounds, despite the fact that I'm still not 100% sure how I would use them in game. There's talk within the Kill Team communities about using them to help shield your crew but I'm not entirely sure how that works at this point because I thought you could just pick what you want to shoot at, unless it's to try and stop charges into him i guess um 
And otherwise, yeah, I'm also building a Katachan kill team. Why Katachans? Because they're better than Kadia. Just look at them. They're awesome. I mean, their arms don't fit properly, but they're awesome. It's Rambo with space guns. What's not awesome about that? And what's not Rambo is Arnold Schwarzenegger from Predator. There's, there's nothing that's not awesome about that. It's 80s movies in miniature form. Um, Are arguably I, some of the greatest movies ever. Yep. Yeah. You've only got to look at how many times they've tried to recapture the magic from those original movies and failed to know how awesome the, brilliant, the original ones were. I, I would say the only one that they actually have succeeded at because they they went to, you know, you know modern equivalents was the uh, Red Dawn remake. The Red Dawn one was interesting. I do, I do think the modern Rambos have looked good, but they're very different from the original movie. Um, but they've stayed true. I, I want to see the new Rambo when it comes out. That the new Rambo is looking really good. Anyways, uh, enough digressing. <laughs> yes. So I have a Katachan force. I brought a box of jungle fighters and a command squad, and then I went online and found some alternate plasmas. Because for those that don't know, if you're running Imperial Guard, you are running Plasma Spam, uh, or you're replacing the plasmas with fire and more fire, depending on what you're facing, obviously. Um, or you're not playing at all, because that's the way that you build your team. Um, I've also been looking for some third-party head options to help represent the Scions and stuff, because I'm not buying Scion models. I'm sorry, but I don't want them. I'm building Catachance. So I had originally found some slouch hat, like the Aussie-style slouch hats from World War II and stuff, but they're just that little bit out of scale, and, and it could pass, but it's just that little bit small where it's it's obvious that it's too small and it irritates me. So I snapped them all off because they were resin, so I could just snap them off and trim them again. And I ordered some more from another company that are long hair and beards, um, so I'm going to paint them up to look like they're just, uh, grizzled veterans with gray hair because that kind of makes sense for Katachans, I think. Well, so that's, been, that's been the most of mine. I, I have brought a couple of more things. I also now have the new, well, it's not actually new, but the Thankwall and Bone Ripper, the newer version of it. So I now have the original metal and the new version because I want to use the original metal one as just regular grey seers and um, rat ogres, and I want the original one, so the plastic one for the model, because it's awesome. Um, but it's still in box. I haven't touched it yet. I'm not allowed to touch it yet till I build more stuff and paint more stuff. Which is what I've been trying to do. Yeah, you've been working on an iron puppy. Yes, uh, s since the, uh, the hobby space uh, is finished, uh, uh, I added something to it uh, this this Friday. I uh, I added a uh, a webcam that is now perfectly aligned onto my my cutting pad, so right in the middle of my work area. And so hopefully we can increase the hobby time into you know some live stream sessions, some hang out and ask questions. I mean, I I am by no means a pro painter. I am not some of the skill that some people see. But, you know, I'm pretty decent and I can give some pretty good ideas. Even if I haven't done it, I have ideas. So um, I, I, I was, you know, looking at, you know, the camera view and everything. And I was like, well, let me do some test recording. So I was working on the Iron Puppy and uh, I got the claw cover finished. 
and then I, I had a bit of an epiphany. So I was going to do like the, the, the frame, the chassis as black and then hit it with a dry brush of silver to, you know, give it some edges and everything. But I don't like the, 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 the bright silver under chassis that I see on a lot of knives, which makes sense because that's the under chassis. It's metal. I didn't yeah, want that I want bright. It. I wanted it more dark and dirty like my space wolves are. They're dark and dirty because this is war. Things are filthy and dirty. Trust me, you get filthy and dirty when you're out there doing that stuff. And I got to thinking, we have this new uh, contrast paint. So I painted the actual claw itself. I painted it lead builder, you know, the, the end all of silver is made by GW because it's so great. Painted the claw that silver, took the black Templar contrast, thinned it down two to one, brushed it on. I then went out and bought a spray can of lead belcher to spray the chassis so I can uh, put the black Templar all over the chassis because it gives it the perfect dark, almost black, black gray metallic look. I'm liking what I'm hearing so far. Yeah, so so that's what I've been working on. Um, I unfortunately have discovered that Shapeways, the company where uh, that I ordered the 3D printed parts from for the Iron Wolf, like the shoulder pads, the head, the frost cannon, um, the clear plastic they use, while it is great for you know doing lighting effects, which I am doing on the Iron Wolf. Um, that plastic is a pain in the butt to completely cover to block light from all the edges. That would and, make sense. And not uh, and, um, the light. For those wondering, the reason he's doing light effects is because it's Michelle's fault. Michelle made him do it by showing him a link once, and therefore it's all Michelle's fault. It is, and it will look amazing uh, once I can get all the edges on the uh, frost can covered. I've got the head taken care of. I'm actually going to try to scrape some paint to uh, add a little more light on the uh, on the head, like the little uh, muzzle whiskers and some vents on the side of it. Um, everything else is, you know, fr- but the Frost Wolf Cannon, and especially with the blue wa- light, um, it, it's going to be quite uh, tedious. But I did discover uh, scraping the paint and everything, and, you know, I was leaving, you know how you scrape plastic, you know, you get, uh, you know, the, the, the marring lines. Yeah. It kind of stands out. If you take a Q-tip and dip it in acetone and then kind of paint that exposed plastic with the acetone, those lines go away and it softens it and allows for a softer light dispersal instead of like pinpoint light dispersal. Oh, nice. Yes. Much better. So I inadvertently improved the, uh, the lighting on the, uh, on the, the frost wolf cannon. Yeah. So, um, I also, uh, I, I do not know, uh, how much because a lot of it's on back order, but I am getting at least, uh, another unit of Volkite berserkers, two units of Hearthguard berserkers, uh, two units of the, uh, the, the other ones, the shooty ones, and then, uh, a Grimwrath berserker and the other, the other heroes for, uh, fire slayers coming in. Nice. Yeah, that, that makes sense. It sounds like you've had a fairly productive week. Well, a couple of days, not week, because everything else has been going yeah. on during the week. Yeah. So I, I um, have a suggestion on the I have a suggestion on the iron puppy, by the way. Yeah. Shoot. Because you're going for a dirty this has been through war look, there needs to be some graffiti on there that says iron puppy that clearly has been written on something written by someone that's trying to piss the pilot off. Well, I do not disagree with that statement. That would involve me doing some freehand. I might do it. Uh, on the other hand, though, I am... So... Buy a uh, Sharpie, this, this may... use a Sharpie, not your brush. Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. So, 
the, the this Imperial Knight is the biggest thing I've actually panned, believe it or not. No, uh, I believe it. So it, it's a little daunting to, you know, so I, I've been trying to, you know, focus on doing one piece. Okay, let that drive. Move on to another piece, you know, and trying to get all the detail done on all the pieces before I do final assembly. And every time I'm looking at it, it's just like, oh my God, I have so much more to do. Um, the, 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 the gold that I selected for my space holes that when you get the wash over with the Nolan oil, that looks in my opinion, just perfect. It is such a pain to paint on such large areas. Okay. Oh, because it's not, because it comes out all poorly and stuff. Right. Even using uh, my, uh, my uh, jigsaw to shake it up and make sure it's completely and fully mixed and, just getting it thin so that it applies smoothly with, you know, as few as brush lines as possible. It just, and there, there's a couple places where I've had to do four layers. Yeah. Um, but yeah, uh, look, look in the future for, uh, some live stream of hobby and we're, we're, we're just starting this out and trying it out and everything. Uh, I think Bruce is going to jump in on this too, but, uh, uh, at some point, yeah, I would love to get to, to where, you know, I've got one camera focused on the work area so you can see what I can do, what I'm doing. And then I want to have another camera that, you know, where, you know, I can look into it, you know, and, and interact with you, the listener, you know, while, while you're asking questions and while I'm answering them, you know, and, you know, and, and, and really, you know, and just build a, like a, a really good hobby community. And that's the important thing about this. It, like, Trying to achieve hobby by yourself gets really hard. Having a community of people around you, whether it's physical or not. Like if you're on Facebook, join a couple of groups. Like join the Age the Warhammer Age of Sigma fan group. Uh join the group about your particular army. Like actually share what you're doing with people. Get some feedback. Get some suggestions. Don't feed the trolls. Um Don't be a troll. It makes things a lot easier. Don't be a troll too, but there's no way we're stopping that. So, and, and unless unless you're doing a troll army, then okay, you're you're just a troll then at that point. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Look, I'm liking what I'm seeing from your Ryan puppy so far. Um, definitely keen to see what it looks like when it's all together. I, I do like the black metal. Um, yeah, pretty much. I still haven't got my paint contrast paints yet because I'm still not sure what I'm buying. I've kind of been doing everything else but that. Um, so I, I will say yeah. this, and, and especially since you have an airbrush, I'm assuming you have full improver laying around. Yep. So if you're working with the darker contrast uh, paints, I would highly recommend thinning them out two to one. Otherwise, and using flow improver, not just their own stuff. Uh, not not. Why bother? So so just go get yourself an eyedropper and drop out the contrast paint. And then grab your bottle of flow approver. I have Vallejo, so it already has like a built-in dropper into this huge giant bottle. So I can just, yeah. I can count up my drops and get a good mixture ratio going. And the, the darker stuff, it's, it, in my opinion, it's too thick and heavy. Um, my, my opinion is the contrast. So I, I think, you know, for someone like my, my 12-year-old, you know, learning to paint, it'll be a great place for him to start to, to paint and build confidence because it is easy to use if you don't know a lot of the skills and techniques that you develop doing the hobby. Once you have developed yeah. the skills and techniques of thinning your paint, small brush strokes, you know, and stuff like that, you have to unlearn how to paint in order to paint with contrast, in my opinion. Yeah, that's fair. But again, it hasn't been, it wasn't specifically designed for us, really. 
Um, no, no, no. We, we are finding not. ways of using it, but but it's though. To be fair, it's also allowing you to achieve a lot of things that you probably wouldn't have had the time for otherwise. Too. Um, I well, you, you saw my Shaltari, and you know they had a blue metallic look. And yeah. I'm doing the color shift paint on, on the Shaltari. That's something else in my backlog that I need to work on again here. Um, you know, to get you know the, the color shift is giving me the opportunity to give it a more actual metallic look. For, I, I wanted that kind of look for for my my Iron Wolf, but I, I wanted it to be dark. I wanted it to be metallic, but I wanted it to be dark. And painting it lead belcher and then covering it in coats of nolan oil, it doesn't quite give it that same effect because as you do that, you get more and more of the nolan oil po- pooling up in areas, and you have black blotches. Yeah. This contrast, and so when I actually after I. I'm actually spraying the uh, Iron Iron Wolf right now as we, as we speak. It's I, I think I got like one more coat to do, and I should be ready. I'm actually going to thin out the contrast, load it in my airbrush, and try to airbrush it on into an even coat. Yep. And then I'll be keen to see how that looks. And then just hit it with a dry brush, you know, to to grab the edges and highlights. I've I've seen not like, there's already been people talking about using it that way but i'm yet to actually see results through an airbrush so keen to see how that actually looks i saw one video and uh it goes on evenly so it's it's essentially like a layer paint you you do get some um oh what's the word you do get some pooling in the deeper areas and you do get get but it's more of an even coat which doing that with a wash you know it looked terrible but with this, with all of its heavy, heavy pigment, it, it, it's it's a more desirable effect now. So, yeah, yeah. No, that's fair. Um, yeah. Shall we move on to game talk? Talk nerdy to me. Alrighty. So you've been play testing the game. Yeah, it's the same one that I was play testing the other week. Um, that I shared pictures of. Um, so. At this stage, it's called Project Terra Nova. It's actually being developed by a friend of mine. So, hi, Dave. Um, Dave has kind of had this idea in his head for quite a while, um, and it's at the point where it's it's ready to be tested and it's, it's being on the tabletop. It's reached the point where they're starting to actually give units points and stuff as opposed to just testing how they work. Uh, so they're testing the actual balance of the game. That's why I'm saying it's at alpha stage because they're testing the balance and stuff. Well, I suppose it's probably more beta than alpha, really, if you're getting to the balance side of the game. Um, I, I'm actually, I'm genuinely really enjoying it. It's at a 15 mil scale. It's sci-fi. Um, I'm not going to go into the depths of the lore, but basically humans went out in search of a new planet. This particular planet basically forced them to crash land, and now for some reason they can't seem to get back off the planet. Um, not in an, it's kind of a cool idea. Um, they had like these cyborg things that were working for them that have kind of gone rogue. Uh, there's another race of advanced squid people, aliens living underwater. Uh, and there's also another army that is essentially the plant life on this planet is sentient uh, and is treating all the other armies like an infection or a virus. Um it's got some cool ideas. Um, all of the models are designed to be modular. So there's like six or seven different items with each army. 
but each of those items you can pick which armor it's wearing which weapons it's using and so on and so forth like it's it's a completely modular game system um which is a cool idea because it's genuinely unique um a lot of it is counts as stuff at this point because it's a beta stage so a lot of the models that have been done are 3d printed there's some stuff that's been pinched from the flames of war range because it looks right um just so that there's things to represent what's on the table uh uses d10s and um i was having a game with a friend of ours tony i was playing as the cyborgs because i always seem to play as the humans and so george you know how what what dice do to me they roll ones did you write this game so the ones are good no 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 he didn't write the games like he didn't write the game like that uh but i essentially tabled tony off the table um i rolled that well and he rolled that poorly that after the end of the third round the only things he had left on the table were completely useless to him uh it did not go very well for him um i kind of he made a couple of poor placement decisions um and left himself open and just as he got me to the point where he was going to be able to take me out take out the things that were doing all the damage he ran out of things to fire with and then i used what was left to take out the last threats i really had on the board and yeah so it it did go in a very heavy one direction but we're not convinced that it was because of the weight of the armies at that point um though i do feel that one army was built better than the other just because one had a very strong theme and the other one was kind of dave built one list and our friend tom built the other uh and tom had built a list that was very much anti what the other one was going to be to try and test certain things and dave had just been uh look i'm going to try and use these things because i want to see how they work and it didn't really go that well together if that makes sense so there was a sniper rifle that they were trying for the first time because um, they wanted to see how it worked. Um, and there was a few other things that they were playing with that they just wanted to see how it worked. Whereas I had things that were being tested because they wanted to see how they worked, but they worked very well with the list that I was given as well. Uh, and to be fair, this is like the third tabletop game Tony has ever played. Um, he's a magic player. He's never done tabletop gaming before. So... That was a that was definitely the impact as well, um, so it may not have been the most fair of opponents to put him up against first. I didn't mean to be brutal though. I was just rolling really well, and I did roll really really well. It doesn't happen to me. Our listeners from the whole scene know this, but yeah, had fun. It's it's going well so far. Well, that's a that's awesome. You know, I mean. The, the the chances of games, you know, they're created and doing something with them, you know, it, it's infinitesimal. I mean, there's so many good ideas out there, and for for enough of an, for it to be good enough and whatnot. So, I wish your friend the best of luck. Uh, you know, and yeah, a good game is a good game, and hopefully, you know, he does design a good game that does pique interest that you know people are willing to back and support and and whatnot. So. Yeah, um, it's something that he will eventually be going to Kickstarter with. It's obviously not at that point yet. Um, we, we actually had people in the store that kind of stopped by and actually started watching specifically because they were trying to figure out what we were doing because uh, obviously they didn't recognize anything. Um, but no, it, it's it's getting some attention. It's actually getting some good attention, so it's good. Um, and yeah, 
like I said, that having games like that never happens to me. So I was happy. Alrighty. Well, I didn't have one, but then it just occurred to me I do have one. So let's do th- Yanking the Bruce. It's been a while since we've had one of those. You know, well, it just kind of came to me, especially how to word it. So, uh, true or false, Bruce? We have Napoleon to thank for tabletop wargaming as we know it. You mean to thank? Yes, like we, to thank him for for being respon- you know, partially responsible for the creation of modern tabletop wargaming as we know. It. I want to say false because I thought it came from World War Two. You are incorrect. Oh, so they just followed on from what he had done earlier then. So the whole concept of laying out your armies and strategizing, it's been a common military tactic for for hundreds of years, you know, troop movements. Um, There was a I I watched a little video this morning. You you got the link to it, too. So it's your fault for not watching. But uh, uh, Thunderboy uh, linked us a little video about the birth of wargaming. And a gentleman created a very elaborate. Uh, very bespoke wargaming set for a royal, and the royal loved it. They played games and stuff like that. Well, this gentleman's son served in the French army under Napoleon and took his father's idea and expanded on it using modern tar- cartography to use the maps and developed the game to where it actually had an extra person that would make it super hard these days to do it for like tournaments. There's the two players and an umpire. The player would issue orders to his troops. He would give the orders to the umpire. The umpire would move the troops per the way the orders were written. So it adds the, the, uh, an aspect of you have to, you know, specify and hope that your orders come through the way you intend. He also introduced the random of rolling dice to determine the outcomes of, of said troop movements and, uh, conflict. Okay. That's interesting. Cause and I know so, in World War II, they did a lot of this as well. Um, uh, the British well, did it. Yeah, well, uh, so uh, w- when the, this first idea was released that the, the guy's father did, uh, this royal declared this, uh, you know, this is something that uh, all of our military leaders must do. It, no, it's Prussia. Sorry, it wasn't. The, the guy was Prussian. So the guy didn't fight in the Napoleon army. He fought in the Prussian army. But Prussia was very big on it. So they didn't face a humiliating defeat like they did again. That's what it was. But so, but because of Napoleon and the desire to increase, you know, tactical assessments of fighting, we have what is, you know, is, is modern uh, tabletop wargaming with, with dice and maps and terrain features and different uh, identifiers for, you know, the units and what the units can do and stuff. Thanks, Napoleon, then. Yeah, it's the one good thing he did. Oh, and uh, canned food. Yeah. He also died. That was pretty good. That that was the best thing he did. So, I think we'll bring an end to it there. It's We've had a lot to talk about, and thank you guys again for listening. Uh, for anybody that is not aware, uh, we will now also be sharing our podcast on YouTube. Uh, that is the same place that we will eventually be sharing most of our um videos if people would like to go back and watch them afterwards because they're in a different part of the world and can't see them live um 
it's kind of it's kind of just the channel for this at this stage but give us a like give us a share and you'll be able to see things as the channel starts to develop into its own kind of thing um otherwise the usual places facebook.com slash getting tabled uh twitter is at getting tabled uh getting tabled.weebly.com i believe is the website that is correct what am i missing our email address, which is getting tabled at gmail.com. Ah, uh, yes. And YouTube is just, just do a search for getting tabled. Uh, we come up as the second result because the first result is our podcast from last week or Fortnite. I think it's odd that you guys still use the term Fortnite. I mean, I, I, I know what Fortnite means, but no one here in the US uses Fortnite. It is a very British thing to say, I think. I, um, I, I don't even hear a lot of Brits, you know, because I, I, you know, obviously I follow a lot of the gaming pages. There's a, a strong British community in those pages and I don't see them using, it. I see it more from the Australians. Okay. See Fortnite. No, for anybody who doesn't know is every two weeks. Yeah. But I don't know. Cause I get paid fortnightly. So a lot of things and the, the roster is done. I oh, know my roster's weekly. So I don't know. I, I, it's just, just a thing that gets said frequently. I no, suppose. I, 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 I I, I like it. It's 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 one of those you know throwback terms that you know, you know, w- which sounds better, more elegant to use in a sentence. You know, we'll we'll be doing this bi-weekly. You'll be getting paid every fortnight. Yeah, fortnight does sound better. I mean, to me, it, it makes you sound more intelligent, more refined. Now, obviously, if people have listened to this podcast for a while, they know that is not what you are. So, no, but I still manage to trump you on a daily basis. So, hey, hey, it doesn't take much. No, you're only a marine. That's right. I'm the one of the most uncivilized people in the world. <laughs> Hashtag true facts. All right. Well, let's uh call this a, a podcast, and uh, we'll hope to hear from the the folks listening in the future. Definitely. Want to hear more from you guys? Share us around. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for listening to Getting Table. Music used in this podcast was created by Eric Mataris at soundimage.org.